Music by Shiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my experience as a licensed massage therapist and an active participant in alternative healing practices. The advice is for educational and informational purposes only. While it may be useful to some, be smart about it. Talk to a healthcare provider before trying out some of these practices. Welcome to Who You Call Holistic. I am your host, Shiana. And I'm here today with Jael. Welcome, Jael. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having us. Um, and I actually met you through um, a young lady I met fairly recently, like within the last month. She goes, well, month, month and a half, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Um, she introduced herself to me as Deliverance. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like, scary name at first. I was a little nervous because... Like we scheduled a lunch together mm-hmm. and then I was like, I had it on my calendar. I was like, I'm having lunch with, with deliverance today. Yes. And then it that's felt like a, I was like, that's, it's like a, a message. Right. Lunch with itself, deliverance today. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and so is she. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's, I, I love, like, I've already loved what she's brought to the table and we're both Capricorns. Mm-hmm. So, right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we both know, like, um, one of my friends calls me the great connector. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, yeah, like she is too. So we're already bridging each other's communities together, which yes. I love to see. Yes, we've, we've been connected for about a year now. Uh, around this time last year is when we connected. And um, I think it was through Instagram. Okay. And she was just noticing some of the work that we were doing in the Orangeburg community, um, just engaging the community. And um, and then also seeing some of my involvement and um, perspective as it relates to our heritage and aligning our identity on pen and paper, you know, to our heritage and, you know, just that whole process. And so within the past six months, those have been some of the areas that we've been collaborating on and um, also collaborating in areas of business uh, related to health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely a really, really good sister. She's kept me uh, encouraged over the past year um, spiritually. You oh, know, good. she's she's been on on my head about you know making sure that I do my uh, full moon rituals mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. affirmations mm-hmm. and taking spiritual baths mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know these past three or four months I had you know fallen off of just like praying consistently and as soon as I had slipped off she was like encouraging me so. Mm-hmm. She's definitely a great sister. Yeah, I like how definitely. you said encouraging because as a fellow Capricorn, I know encouraging is more like, have you been doing this? And you're like, uh, yeah, she's well, been we can say encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, definitely a good sister. And I'm, I'm really grateful for, you know, her connectivity and bringing us together as well. Likewise. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about um, discussing your heritage on pen and paper, mm-hmm. uh, because I know you as, I was introduced to you as Jael, mm-hmm. but that's not, that wasn't your birth name. Correct. How, how do you just decide you're going to change your name? Like, how does that happen? Well, What's the process of that. So for most people, we tend to have, or there's two types of awakenings that people usually go through. One is inner. And then the other one is like an outer awakening. And so, um, my first inclination that I wanted to change my name actually started in middle school. We had like an assignment about looking up your name and see where it comes from. Mm -hmm. And in middle school, I saw my name was like 
Brandon was was originates from Britain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't <laughs> resonate not me. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like my first seed there, you know, knowing that at some point in time I may change my name. But it wasn't until my second year in college, I went to South Carolina State University and some of my uh, best friends during my second year, second, third and fourth years were Nigerian. Mm-hmm. And, and I had one good brother. His name was Emmanuel. And so the name Emmanuel, of course, has a meaning behind it, which means uh, with God. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was at that point in time I had like my first just like present moment with how, you know, people, our indigenous cultures normally would give names to children with a meaning behind it. And so uh, it was, that was like my second like outer awakening or kind of both there mm-hmm. and just knowing that I, you know, that at some point I'm, I'm going to change my name because I knew that my name came from um, my mother. She, when she was in middle school, she used to cheerlead and one of her cheerleading sisters had a little brother named Brandon I used to come to practice. Mm-hmm. And so she told me that's where my name came from. Right. So, yeah. And, and so, you know, my experience on the campus of South Carolina State University was one of intention and, and very purposeful. And so I wanted to um, change my name to, to one of purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does your name mean now? So my entire name is Jael Obatala Shi Amaru Bay. Okay. So there's like several things going on there. Okay. Um, the letter J is actually only like no more or no less than 600 years old, right? Today years old learning that. <laughs> yeah, most people don't don't know that the letter J didn't exist, you know, a thousand years ago. Okay. So um, the alternative letter for J is is Y, um, and so the name Jael in Hebrew is spelled with a Y, and it means to shelter, build, and to shine. Mm, okay. And so I think it was in 2019 when uh, I was learning. Uh, I had just been studying for about a little over six months about civics, law, and jurisprudence, and learning that, you know, our... Um, current political system and everything has been, you know, perpetuating our ignorance and, you know, more specifically, like our names, most of the names that we carry are from the given names of our ancestors who were, you know, um, enslaved. And so I was becoming very mindful of that. And so at the time, you know, when I was at South Carolina State University, um, I was doing a number of things. I had started an organization uh, I had opportunities to work with the 1890 Research and Extension and make publications, mm-hmm. um, and then also to make publications in in, in other uh, in magazines. Okay. And so, um, as I'm becoming mindful that you know this name that I carry, this Britain and and Galloway, it's probably you know like a a name given from you know ancestor of a slave of, of a slave master. Um, I was pretty sure that in the future I would have opportunities to make publications and I did not want 
the publications and the work and the legacy to be attributed to European, like a European name. Mm, okay. And so that was one perspective that I had um, in terms of my name. And then on top of that, in middle school, there was a um, there was a white kid in my middle school class or in my social studies class. His last name was uh, Galloway. His name was Jake Galloway. Mm, mm-hmm. And so it was interesting. Um, in this social studies class, there was a section that we went over talking about um, slavery and whatnot. And so there was a there was like an indirect correlation that was openly stated. Right. Like and you could have been your you could have been my family's slave master. Exactly. Right. And so that was in middle school. Right. So, um, so yeah. So since then, you know, I've I've had uh, that kind of inclination already open, and then on top of kind of you know coming into more knowledge of self about um, you know just our colonizers, and um, have you ever seen? I forgot what's the name of the movie, but there's a point in the movie where the slave is being whipped to accept the name Toby. Mm-hmm. And he's I like, what's your name? I can't think of the name like, of that movie too, mm-hmm. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so he's like, what's your name? And he's like, Kuta Kente, and he mm-hmm. hits him again until he says Toby, and, and he accepts that name. And so um, I think it's, you know, not everybody's name doesn't have meaning or is connected to, um, you know, a, a name forced upon through slavery, but a good majority of our people here in Native America or here in America actually are. And so I think it's something well worth to consider, you know, and just be mindful of because otherwise it's just another ignorance that, you know, will pass on to the next generation. I'm not going to change my name. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm quite content with my name and it's, well, it's, I won't, I won't say it's funny, but, um, I do, I am always curious because my mother's white (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, and she's actually, and people are like, well, she, it doesn't count. She's British white. And I'm like, yeah, but that makes her like, she's white, white though. Mm-hmm. So I was born in England. My mother's white. Um, dad's black, obviously. Uh, well, not obviously, but just so you know. Um, but I have no problems with my name, but I am always curious, you know, like my heritage and my background, like I probably have both sides. Like right. I probably have slave masters and slaves, but like there's no telling with, you know, the way my family system set up how that that may have worked out, but I'm quite content with Shiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's a beautiful name. Thank you. Um, and I actually had somebody on the podcast before discussing just different um, sounds mm-hmm. and how different sounds within names mean different things and how ah is associated with God. Yes, it is. Yeah, that, that was one of the first things that I learned. Uh, I think it was like in 2019 when I was like, okay, what am I going to change my name to? And um, yes, the, the, the enunciation, ah or ya, is like giving reverence to God. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I got like a double. Shiana. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did your mother feel about you changing your name? Was she like, yeah, it's fine? Uh, or was she upset about it? I wouldn't say she was upset, but she definitely wasn't like, oh, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my whole uh, experience in kind of embracing this inner awakening has been one that has had a lot of um, like resistance, you know, from family initially. 
don't they all or like don't we all have the resistance from yeah. family or loved ones right aren't we all the black sheep right that's why we're here now <laughs> well not all but those <laughs> of us that, yeah those yeah. of us that are speaking now mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like um some of the things that i was waking up to um well let me take a, a couple steps back so my first inner awakening was actually in 2016 when i actually gave my life to christ and so uh Leading. And when you say that, were you like in the church getting baptized and head dipped in the water situation? Yeah, so I was um, in Orangeburg, oh. and uh, coming out of high school, I always wanted to have a relationship with God, but it wasn't until I got away from my family, and you know, I was able to you know Think seek for out. yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I found this church right across the street from South Carolina State University. Mm-hmm. Um, New Mount Zion Baptist Church, and it honestly became like a, uh, a a pool of wisdom and like a resource for me to, um, you know, to bring myself to God and to cry out and to you know be comfortable with just crying out and and uh, not only that but you know also at that time like I was still uh, young and you know drinking and and things of that nature but not once did. I ever feel compelled to to feel guilty for what I was doing, but still coming to God. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my the first uh, the, the I'm sorry the um, fall semester of my sophomore year, I was actually like kind of spiraling into a depression. Like, and so um, it got so bad. Like, if I didn't go to sun- church on a Sunday, I didn't know how I was gonna make it through. Mm-hmm. You know, the following week because. A roommate stay was drinking and smoking throughout the week, and it's just so easy for me to like, you know, slip into that. And so, um, towards the end of the semester, like I, I literally had nights where, you know, I'm trying to do my work, I couldn't do anything. I wasn't waking up until like ten minutes before class, just mm-hmm. because I didn't have this like passion or this mm-hmm. flame. Yeah. And so my cry out to God was like, "Show me who I am. You know, show reveal to me my purpose and my passion." Excuse me. And so I had something else happen over um, over winter break where I could have ended up in the hospital, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I came back in the spring, you know, I had all the reason to know that, you know, God had a purpose for me and I was ready to, like, give my life to that purpose and to learn more about it and to, to and I was ready to get out of my own way. And so... My, my inner awakening was about, um, like I said, just submitting to the will of God, um, accepting that there is a certain will over my life. And then where it led me was to understanding my childhood traumas, mm-hmm. and it led me to healing, mm-hmm. you know. And so most of my childhood traumas comes from the relationship that I had or I didn't have with my mother. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she had me when I was when she was very young. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up together, you know, right. like brothers and sisters. Right. And so um, a lot of my communication with women, I was beginning to recognize that something's not right. And, I got mommy and issues. Yeah, and it's me. And so um, that was my first inner awakening. My second awakening was the following year, and I would accredit it to uh, three things. The first woman, Dr. Joy DeGruy Leary. She's uh, a black woman who has um, a PhD in psychology and a dissertation written on post-traumatic 
slavery disorder. Interesting. Yes. Okay. And so um, listening to some of her, YouTube, uh, her, her lectures on YouTube, along with watching uh, Hidden Colors, mm-hmm. um, those were like my first outer awakenings to like kind of realizing, um, okay, our community relative to the society that we're in, and then on top of like, you know, the fact that history has been so whitewashed. Mm-hmm. And so um, all of those things kind of led up to me um, having this position against the current like system. And so the reason I mentioned all of that is because as it relates to my mother, accepting my name change and this new direction that I'm headed towards was that uh, my mother, she's a police officer. Mm. Not only that, she's... Um, she worked her way up to become a sergeant and lieutenant and detective, and and now she's a captain. Mm-hmm. And so there was a, uh, like I said, there there were some instances there where you know my the truth that I was speaking was an attack on her identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Makes and, sense. Mm-hmm. So. And my mom's Catholic, so my. <laughs> my like timeline of my healing and the and the work that I do mm-hmm. was very confusing for her. And mm-hmm. again, she's white. So even when I was like, hey, you know, I have to like, you know, I'm black, right? And she was like, ah, like, I don't see you as black. And I was like, yeah, but everybody else does. And like, I am. And like, you got to start seeing it too. So, so I think, especially our generation, because I figure we're close in age. I'm not, not sure your age, actually. Oh, yeah, I I'm 26. Oh, no, we are not close in age. Mm-hmm. Um, but my... Are you in Deliverance about the same age? No, I'm I'm in my mid-30s. Yeah, she's 36. She, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, my mom was just like, I don't know about that. And I was like, mm, yeah, like, she never had to address it before. Yeah, but I think, it was a conversation she never had. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but like, I know part are, of my generation... Are you the only child? I'm the youngest. Oh, you're the youngest. I'm okay. the youngest. Um... But like part of my generation, there's a placement that a lot of us have. And I talk about it often on here and on Instagram and stuff is um, we have it's Pluto and Scorpio placement. Oh, yeah. And like we are very much here to be the ones that are like we're very much the the millennial generation that is like y'all been fucking all this up. Mm -hmm. Like this is this is not right. Like, let's fix this. And I feel like the Pluto and Scorpio generation are the ones that are in therapy Mm-hmm. are the ones that are like, all right, like y'all, y'all have been doing this all the way wrong. Right. And you guys have been lying to us about A, B, and C. Um, and the Pluto and Scorpio generation are also the ones that are like, y'all said like, there's no cure for this. And like, that this isn't treatable and stuff, but that was a lie too. Right. So, right. but this is the work that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so before your awakening, were you already studying naturopathy? No. Okay. What were you studying? So I went to South Carolina State for electrical engineering. Okay. And then I ended up changing over to civil. And so when I was there, when I started the organization, the Environmental Action Club, it put me into this network known as like the Environmental Justice and Climate Justice Network. Mm -hmm. And so. Which is obviously a thing these days, climate change. mm Mm-hmm. And so what that did was it kind of also shaped my perspective and approach as like, okay, if I'm going to be an engineer, um, I want to be an engineer relative to renewable energy. So that's why I shifted to civil engineering. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, I also um, 
got an internship that paid for uh, a minor in environmental science. Okay. And so uh, it wasn't until the summer of 2017 that I like truly expressed the desire to get a technical background in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And um, so this was about two or three months after I had made my transition out of eating meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came about in February of 2017. And so... Um, what made you decide, like, that I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm going to try to be vegan. Yeah, so that's a great question. I appreciate that question. It's not for me, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, I told you 2016 gave my life to Christ, and I was really like leveling up um, in some areas, you know, spiritually and just, you know, really coming into wisdom. And, um, and on top of the organization that I just started and how, you know, just my, my path and my experiences were coming, becoming very distinct. And so towards the end of 2016, um, like the whole fall semester, I had I was going to Bible study every Wednesday. I uh, was singing on the choir. One thing that I also love to do is to uh, do praise and worship dance. So I was doing a little bit of that when I wasn't traveling. And um, so the end of the year came, and I was really like, okay, what can I do to become closer or to just be more sensitive to, you know, God speaking to me and having you know this this greater will over my life. And so it was in February. The flu was going around campus really bad. Teachers and students was getting sick left and right. And um, I caught like a two-day virus going into the weekend. And so one thing that I've, I've always done since my, like my sophomore year, I always found uh, myself being, um, uh, well, I've always found others like wanting to work out with me. And, like, so I've always found myself doing, like, group workouts and leading group workouts. And so I became an RA my um, my sophomore year in the spring. And, like, at 6 in the morning, um, 6.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I had, like, at least 5 to 10 guys over a span of a few weeks, you know, working out with me. And so this was going on when this happened. And, um, and so... I caught this two-day virus going into the weekend after I threw up from drinking milk during breakfast after a workout, which mm-hmm. has never happened before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that time, I used to drink, like, at least two cups of whole milk a day, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with dinner. Well, I think we all did, though, at some point. Like, yeah. especially my my generation, because mm-hmm. I'm the generation that had the Got Milk commercials. Oh, okay. So, like, this right. was embedded in mm-hmm. our system. Yeah, seriously. Mm-hmm. And so over that weekend, when I had that two-day virus, the most I did was read and sleep. And so one of the things that I came across was learning about how um, our pineal gland is where all of the spiritual activity, feeling of the Holy Spirit, you know, hearing God's voice or that godly intuition, all of that takes place within the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. And then I also learned that, you know, the standard American diet it debilitates mm-hmm. the function of the pineal gland. so Including our water. Exactly. And so um, that was, you know, one of the things that I was learning over this weekend. The other side was becoming a little bit more um, present with how much energy we have to put into 
food, like animals, for it to be uh, even digestible by us. You know, we have right. to raise the vibration to it. And so just um, that coupled with, coupled with the traumatic experiences that most of these animals are going through prior to it getting onto our plate right. and how, you know, energy doesn't die, it only transfers. And so I became a little present with, like, you know, how we're consuming these traumatic experiences when these animals are being killed in fear. And so um, that Sunday when I finally was able to eat, they had, like, some rotisserie chicken. And I, I went to go take some bites, and I just couldn't even chew it the same oh, no more. man. <laughs> And, and rotisserie <laughs> chicken's always a good choice. Yeah. And so, um, but my, my, my transition wasn't like cold turkey. Like I was still doing eggs and uh, fish. So I was pescatarian. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, um, you know, I actually lost my taste for fish and eggs by the end of the summer. And I often lose my taste for eggs. It's like mm -hmm. a, it's a hit or miss thing for me. Like sometimes I'm like, mm, eggs all the way. I want them fried. I want them scrambled. I want them however I can have them. And then sometimes I'm like, they smell disgusting. I don't want to look at them. I don't want to see them. I don't want them in my fridge. <laughs> so I have, it's like a love hate relationship with, with eggs, eggs. Okay. but I hear a lot of people are like that too. So mm. I, I don't know what it is about eggs, but it's a thing. Yeah. So that was, you know, um, so now this is in February and this is, mind you, this is a couple of weeks or a couple of months before the season of Lent, which mm -hmm. is, you know, in the Christian tradition, that's uh, the, the time period at which um, Jesus tells the people to uh, or encourages the people to abstain from food and why so that they can become closer, closer to yeah. God. And so um, the big light bulb that I had go off in my head was like, wow, imagine how close you would become, you know, abstaining from these foods that are causing you spiritual fog and et cetera. Just imagine if you're able to get this close or become this more inclined to to the spirit of God throughout the year for 30 days. Just imagine what a lifestyle would be, you know, uh, no longer consuming these types of food. And so that was like more than enough than I needed, um, especially just how things were aligning. And like I said, my footsteps were being ordered and how I was just going places and um you know, having these encounters with people at these places and just being encouraged and, and being an encouragement to others. And so, you know, like I, my, my biggest, um, one of my, my favorite um, scriptures, like in my initial year in Christ was uh, Romans 12. And it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, to present yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto the Lord, uh, that of which is your reasonable service. And then the second part is, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and spirit. And so, um, so yeah, that's, you know, what the experience, um, you know, going to church was for me. I was being renewed in spirit and, you know, just continuing to uh, not fit in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on campus and I'm the so I was raised like I said my mother's Catholic mm -hmm. but she wasn't um, I hope she didn't hear this and be mad at me she wasn't like <laughs> she wasn't like real Catholic like she mm -hmm. wasn't going to she wasn't actively practice or she was she was doing her prayers and her prayers to the saints and such but we weren't going to mass or any of that 
Mm -hmm. Um, So my experience going to church growing up was very much like I don't want to go because then I ended up going with friends all the time. And it was like a a requirement. Like if I stayed the night at their house and I was like, Mm -hmm. like I was dreading it every time because then we were in there for, you know, three hours at a time and stuff. And I was like, is this what this experience is every time? (laughs) So like I never meshed with the church life. Mm -hmm. Like that was not that was not my connection. Um, I did a little bit in college somewhat mm-hmm. with one of my good friends. Um, the couple times that we would go together, I was like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to go today because, like, we'd leave crying because of the sermon, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but after, so after you changed or trans, transformed your life into one of the vegan lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, so did that get you more connected with just, like, how we grow our foods and, like, how we're consuming our foods as well? Um, which led you to begin your your journey with gardening? Yeah, so that's a great question, too. My journey with uh, growing food and gardening started through my upbringing. Okay. And so I had a grandfather who um, I can remember, I was in, like, third grade, um, going with him to different families' backyards and turning over the ground for them. And uh, I remember one time we didn't have a tiller or he hadn't pulled it off the truck yet or something. But for some reason, he had me try to till the ground with a shovel, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't always have tillers right. and whatnot. And so um, <laughs> so I, I have this very distinct memory of, you know, jumping on the ground with a shovel, trying to break up the ground. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was my, my background. And then, you know, um, coming up, you know, going through high school, um, that was something I still actively did with my grandfather. And then like my, my freshman year, the spring break of my freshman year, I went home for spring break and was spending time with my grandparents. And, and that year we, um, we planted, um, some muscadine. Mm-hmm. vines and um and so every time you know every spring i would come home i was you know we were preparing a garden and so uh, my grandparents always have the muscadines like that it's like a requirement or something. yeah yeah. In the south. Yeah. yeah it definitely is yeah <laughs> did you make muscadine wine too or y- y'all weren't into that no he did uh let's see this is 2022 i think from 2020 he actually did collect like maybe a gallon or two gallons of um muscadines to be pressed into a wine mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there was like one more additional um filtration that was needed mm-hmm. and so i don't think he got a chance to do that um because his his health began to fall ill mm-hmm. and so um but yeah so at, but how that transferred or uh how that background transferred into the things that i was doing on campus and eventually what i would do in the community was just like I said, it was something by habit um, and nature. Mm-hmm. But then it was also like a thing of recognizing like, okay, this is a necessity. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, you know, the the, the next awakening that I had. Um, so the, um, the club that I started on campus, it was called the Environmental Action Club. Mm-hmm. And so it truly was a projection of the awakening that I was having mm-hmm. and my new outward look on life. And so my philosophy then was that, you know, in order to know what we're supposed to be doing in life, we have to understand where we come from and what has shaped us. Mm -hmm. 
So we have to understand our environment, you know, that that molded us. Right. So and within that word environment, you have enviro and then you have mint, which is mental. And so it's like once you understand your mental and how you were shaped and how you were, you know, influenced, you can now know how to take action properly, you know, how to, you know, engage the world properly. And so um, South Carolina State is an agricultural and land grant, I'm sorry, an agricultural and mechanical land grant institution. And in the 60s, they, their agricultural program was taken away or was washed away um, after, right after the Orangeburg Massacre. Um, and when they desegregated, um, you know, schools and whatnot. So we, South Carolina State had a very top-tier engineering program. They had a top-tier um, law program, and I think nursing as well. And so once desegregation happened, we lost our law and nursing program because it went to USC, and so now they've opened up. And so also what happened was um, – after the massacre, the president at the time, uh, Dr. Maceo Nance, made a deal with the city of Orangeburg to lease, I think it was like 186 acres of the land to be developed as a golf course. And in the paper, there's a quote saying that, yeah, being developed into a golf course for the sake of reducing racial tensions in the area. Because so many black people were playing golf at this at that day time. and age, right? Right, right. And um, so that 186 acres, that's where they were growing their food. You know what I'm saying? That's where they had the agricultural program. That's where, um, you know, I, I also came across this article where it was like uh, um, the 1890 program was sending out students as demonstration agents to surrounding farms and communities to teach them more sustainable methods to farming. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, when I was like, coming across this and, you know, at this point I have the Environmental Action Club and, and the vision even before um, had the official charter. It's like, we need to get a food, we need to get a food garden on our campus. Mm-hmm. So that was always in mind, like, you know, I had to take the steps to get there. And, um, and then of course, connecting a dot between we don't have an agricultural program, but then look at how um, Orangeburg has been nationally ranked for obesity, uh, diabetes and comorbidity comorbidities um it's been nationally ranked and the correlation that i was seeing like right then and there was that we're not even growing our own food right you know what i'm saying the absence of the institutional identity is the reason why the community is in the condition that it's in right come right. on let's why get it together anybody, anybody else see this yeah. Uh, yeah 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 so um so and then you know i like i said i was just it, it was a recognition of like the need, not only the need, but the responsibility, you know, for the university to have something there, you know, for the community. And it's like at that time, you know, I recognized that, um, I realized that um, my principle behind environmentalism was that environment has the primary influence on the intellectual, cultural, and social development of a person or a group of people more than hereditary traits. So in your in your belief, like the whole nature versus nurture debate, you're very mm-hmm. much like it's it's all nature mm-hmm. that controls people's 
trajectory? No. Well, I mean, I would say it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since we've been colonized and since we've been integrated into the society, we have been perverted from our God-given nature. Right. You know, there's social traditions that, you know, degrade our um, they debilitate our health, you know, in the long term. But, you know, it's things that we traditionalize and, you know, socialize in. But so in, in terms of, um, you know, just connecting the dots here, like seeing the condition of the Orange Red community, which is like a 70% indigenous black demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, yeah, so the, the other connection here was like, if you can limit a person's ability to, healthy food and their children to healthy food, you can uh, put a cap on their trajectory. Mm -hmm. Because I also came across research that was saying, like studies show that healthy breakfast, healthy meals increases academics performance. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, dang. Mm -hmm. And here we are with all these. um, Adderall. All the medication. No, not, not only that, but in the communities, there's no, there really isn't access to fresh and healthy foods. There's like, you know, all of the fast food restaurants mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the corner stores. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, it was there to me in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Like this is where we need to start. You know what I'm saying? If we really want to evolve our community for the better, we need to focus on getting back to feeding our own community. Because right now they've, institutionalize our oppression through, you know, limiting our excess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that in itself keeps us operating at a, vibrating at a certain level. Mm -hmm. You know, you're eating low vibrational foods all your life. You're only going to have low vibrational experiences Mm -hmm. and aspirations and perspectives. So I don't know if you've been on Instagram recently. It was a whole video that went viral. I actually had a, a podcast episode, a couple maybe a couple episodes ago, talking about low vibrational food and stuff. Because mm. there was a, a coach that was discussing her low vibrational plate. Mm-hmm. Saying like, that's Oh, what, yeah, yeah, that yeah, girl. Yeah. When she was talking Storm. to another girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know who that was when I seen that. And it was like, the comment was, this y'all leaders of the group mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you had posted that? I didn't, oh, no. Okay, okay. But yeah, no, because it was though. everywhere, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but... So now, especially during the pandemic, I would say, I think a lot of people that weren't hit to the game beforehand were like, oh, shit, like, <laughs> we probably need to start growing our own food. Yeah. Outer awakening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially with the cost of, of things going up, yeah. all the things going up, mm-hmm. everything's high. Um, yeah. So you help people put gardens together now. Yes, that's what we were doing in, uh, with our organization on campus, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years ago. We, we caught a grant with, before we built the food garden on campus, uh, we landed a grant with the regional medical center to build food gardens at local schools. And so there was about mm-hmm. four different schools that we was able to get into and, you know, build some food gardens. But um, yeah, like 2019. You say it so casually, like that's not a big deal, by the way. So kudos to you. Because you, you were very like, yeah, yeah. We- couple food gardens like that's a very big deal so yeah kudos to you for that thank you and and you know it's just um like I said it's just an answer to the call you know and just you know God giving me vision Mm -hmm. and just like wisdom to connect the dots here Mm because I mean you would think that 
you know, everybody would connect. Y'all should see this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, so yeah, so that was, that was on campus. And then between, by 2019, I was like, there was a lot of momentum behind the organization and I was getting ready to like, part of the vision behind it was to evolve it to a nonprofit. And the, the chapter on campus was going to be like a student chapter of the nonprofit. But then I, um, I had started studying civics and jurisprudence and law, and I realized that all this effort on the campus and within the jurisdiction of the campus um, would only go but so far because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the board of directors are not people that look like you and I, right. you know? Right, um, And so... Um, so I realized that, you know, this this is the right approach, but I need to, um, you know, take it to another level. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, you know, pumped the brakes a little bit. Like I said, I um, was getting ready to get like a, um, uh, um, a nonprofit um, status or a sponsorship. And uh, so this is the end of 2019. And so I kind of went back to the drawing board and, um, and I was like, and it was great when COVID came through because you know, now you got time to think. Yeah, not only that, but some of these obligations from uh, seasonal events and activities don't have to hold those mm-hmm. uh, right now. So now I got some more time to think and to, you know, sing it back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so getting to the point of like, you know, after undergrad and still carrying on, carrying on that legacy and, and that type of work was became the foundation to the business model um of new health new wealth and so um you know in in 2017 i mentioned i had this aspiration to get a technical background in nutrition but one that's more relevant to us Mm -hmm. because i was at the time i had a conspiracy theory it literally was a conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. because i hadn't heard it from anyone it was just like oh it's probably what's going on here but it wasn't confirmed or anything Mm -hmm. my conspiracy theory was that are they ever are conspiracy theories ever like fully confirmed well or they're just left floating no no conspiracy theories nowadays 85 percent of them are true absolutely right absolutely exactly i think a lot during the pandemic well it's still pandemic kind of but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people during covid realize okay yeah, they've been on this. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> this not, maybe not everybody's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So um, but at this time in 2017, my theory, I hadn't heard anybody speak on it. But my theory was that, um, you know, all of the medicines and the standardizations of like measuring people's health. My theory was that it was standardized to the Europeans. And I know for a fact that we're not the same and not to say that. Um, and this is one common rhetoric that is mis, um, it is it is misassociated. You know that when people advocate that we're different, you know, a lot of people want to say, "Oh, we're all the same. We're mm-hmm. one race, we're one species." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're part of the the same species, but we have what is called biological variance between us. Mm-hmm. And so, for someone who's melanated versus someone who, who's non-melanated. Mm-hmm there's a significant difference between us. And um, the biggest point is that it's okay that we're different, but the fact that we are made ignorant to who we truly are, and not only are we ignorant to who we are, but also the rest of the world is ignorant to who we are. So now it's not only our miseducation, but it's the miseducation 
of the other so-called races because if they had proper education as to who we are and where we come from, I'm pretty sure so-called racism wouldn't be as much of a thing because you got to think about it. Like the school systems, um, racism is taught. Right. Right. It isn't, you know, an inherent. uh, Critical race theory debate that's happening still. So, but even like, um, you know, I've, I've noticed even on Twitter and other social media, like just the more recent um, discussion of books and how a lot of like the medical books and stuff don't have like black pictures mm-hmm. or pictures of like, you know, black babies being born. Right, and right. That kind of stuff. So even mm-hmm. that's just now changing. Tr- yeah, and since, trending, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. since forever ago. Like, and I thought about it and I was like, yeah, because like when I've been studying, because I studied massage therapy and mm-hmm. like when I, we didn't see models of black people and like anatomy things. They mm-hmm. weren't, they weren't black people. Right. And now that's like just now. like being made mm-hmm. like a, hey, this is a problem, y'all. Like you see, like this, this is a problem. And you're discussing it like internally. Mm-hmm. We're not the same. Right. And that people needed to be more aware of, of these differences. Right. We need to be properly educated, you know. And so um, initially, you know, a lot of people when they kind of like wake up to just how you know, society and the curriculums is everything is whitewashed. Initially, we, we we are all mad. And I know at least I was, you know, like mad at, you know, the fact that they didn't teach us history properly, mad at the fact that they didn't teach us about melanin. But yet every year and they have this conference on melanin with a bunch of Europeans there. And what conference? I can't remember the name of it. Uh, we may have to come back to that. Okay. But yeah. I know that there's a conference. And, and the book that references this conference is called Indigenous Food Science. And um, and so it highlights um, the conference that this guy who patented synthetic melanin, um, you know, they, he's a part of that same conference. Mm-hmm. But so the point is that um, I used to want to be mad, but then I got to a point where I realized what does a chicken look like trying to teach an eagle how to fly? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, there exists an active role and responsibility for us to not only learn proper knowledge of self, but then also for us to teach our own, Mm -hmm. right? As they say, education starts in the home. And then going back to, you know, we said earlier, you know, we've integrated into this society where, you know, we're being perverted away from our God-given nature. And so when you asked about the nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. I was conflicted there to accept your statement only because in a bigger picture here, I see it being that nature, our nature and our culture is synonymous with one another, mm-hmm. right? They're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And our nature and our culture evolves into our perception or our psychology. And from our perception and psychology, that evolves into how we circulate our energy amongst one another, Mm -hmm. right? So now we're talking about our economy. Mm -hmm. And so we have been perverted to, you know, from our God-given nature to value all of these European uh, or Eurocentric standards, you know, how is that 
um, taken away from us circulating energy properly within our communities. Right. Right. So I realized this a couple of years ago, but at, like I said, as it relates to the nature versus nurture, and as that relates to, you know, being properly educated and how it's our responsibility to not allow our education to be limited to that which has been given to us by our colonizers. Right. <laughs> there's, there's a quote, it's one of my favorite quotes from uh, Malcolm X. It says, um, just, it says something like, just because you have uh, a degree from the white man's university doesn't mean anything. Um, you still don't know how to help your people. Um, you still don't know how to teach your people, um, n- get knowledge of self. And so, you know, that was one of my other outer awakenings that I had, like, my sophomore year. Um, I had a close friend who uh, was a senior. He left, got a job at Microsoft, and then came back on campus and was basically just, like, um, kind of, like, flaunting all the perks and benefits. Mm -hmm. And this guy was really bright. And so I just realized, like, wow, corporate America comes and takes our brightest Mm -hmm. out of our communities. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, our communities are still stagnant. Right. They're still underdeveloped. They're still broken. And, you know, it's a good thing we have HBCUs, but how are our HBCUs, like, cultivating our minds to go back into our communities and be the solutions to the areas that we're hurting in the most? Right. And what you're talking about right now is even something I've spoken on here about before. Like, you can study... You can study as much as you want. You can study all the things you want to study. You can go to school and study. You can take continuing ed and study. You can self-study. But it really doesn't matter if you don't integrate the work that you're studying. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you're talking about, you know, learning this and then teaching others. And, I mean, it's the same for me. Like, um, and I know we spoke, uh, you're familiar with human design. um, And I'm I'm a role model hermit. Mm -hmm. And, like, my part of my purpose in this lifetime is to go study all mm-hmm. the things and then share it. Oh yeah. So that's like, that's exactly what we have mm-hmm. here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it's, it's this philosophy that I've, I've held um, since like tw- 2017. And so here um, it's an acronym. The word is ghetto, mm-hmm. which stands for gathering higher education to teach others. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, since starting the organization on campus and all of the opportunities and experiences and places it's taken me, it has always put me in a position to bring resources back and to bring elevated perspectives back mm-hmm. to my campus and for other students and staff to, you know, elevate their perspective and experience in life. And so you're so, not supposed to hoard it. Like we're supposed to share it. Right, mm-hmm. right, exactly. And so, um, so this is, you know, another reason why I'd like to just take this moment to acknowledge, you know, and to just give thanks again to you for this opportunity to, you know, for us to have this ghetto dialogue. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it's been a, a goal and an intention to to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm That's really grateful for you. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. uh, we had spoken about that when we, when we briefly spoke before this, um, that like this is my first podcast for a video feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had my podcast about two years now. Uh, but you have had it in your head that you would like to be on YouTube. Like you'd like to create a platform, but what's been holding you back? Oh yeah, man. I've been in my due diligence, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in the words it says study and show thyself approved, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
I really have been restricting myself. Mm-hmm. We all do it, though. Mm-hmm. We all do. And, and not so much out of, like, procrastination, but, like, I knew that because my studies increased, you know, mm-hmm. um, my, my last semester at South Carolina State was uh, in 2020. In the fall of 2019 is when I enrolled into the Aboriginal University, and I began the course to become an indigenous naturopathic doctor Gotcha. underneath the Aboriginal Medical Association. And then in that spring, I also enrolled to take the Juris course um, for the tribal government that I was, you know, getting ready to join. And so, you know, there's study and then there's applied study as well. And mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people, a lot of people, and this is the thing that I was noticing during 2020 is like a lot of people were, trending and blowing up because they were hearing bits and pieces of the information and just like taking it to the airwaves and taking mm-hmm. it to the platforms and just talking, just mm-hmm. talking, but not really having any applied yeah. methodology, you know, any demonstration. And so I, I wasn't in a rush and I know that I needed to, you know, take some time and to get into some depth and, um, and to have some applied studies before actually getting to this point where I'm ready to share based on my experiences and demonstration. And that's how it was for me. Like I, I had all this information, I had all this knowledge, and my my background is massage therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before massage therapy, I was working at a hospital, so I was familiar with people's diagnoses and seeing what people came in for, and familiar with like how the healthcare system was fucked up, is fucked up. Right. Um, that's a whole nother episode. Whole nother. Um, but so, but my thing was, you know, I was suffering and still do from time to time from imposter syndrome because who am I? Mm. to share this information like you know even though i've studied it even though i i I got my receipts even though i've i've like thrown myself into the studies for hours at a time sometimes because it's once you start studying the things Mm -hmm. that you enjoy the time goes on yes it goes by very quickly but then it was like who am i to like share this and then you know there's that like caution like what if I what if I say something wrong mm-hmm. or like, you know, misspeak and then offend somebody or something like that? But um, I've probably more so recently just come to terms with like, OK, that's a part of it. Like right. I'm going to offend people. Right. And right. I, I just got to get over that. Right. And, and they need to get over it, too. Cause yeah, because like, the, the truth hurts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the truth isn't going to fit everybody's um, opinion. Mm-hmm. And so that was the reality, too, that I was also contending with, like. 2020 like I was feeling some pressure behind that like you know coming into the foundational science you know of our biological variances mm-hmm. right and how traditionally it said that oh go get out in the sun for your vitamin D but when you get into the science vitamin D is actually a hormone that is stimulated by the sun mm-hmm. and it's you know released in the bodies and then not only that, you know, the English Journal of Science has a publication where they did this study between over 2,000 people of so-called white people and black people. And they were studying the, um, the vitamin D in these two biological variances so much to conclude that there's two different types of vitamin Ds. You know, um, there's two different types of physiological processes that are happening, you know, between these biological variances. And so, you know, how that relates to, okay, like you said, um, people just 
get the information and they're they're taking and running with it just for the sake of clout. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I know for me, I didn't not only did I not want to do that, but I also wanted to have something representative of my comprehension and application, you know, of this science and you know the, the lifestyle that I'm I'm working towards and creating, not mm-hmm. only for myself but for others to, you know, uh elevate their perspectives with. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't be telling people to go outside for their vitamin D? No, it's essential. <laughs> vitamin D is... Because um, I tell people all the time, make, make sure you go outside. Because I'm, yeah, I'm also an earth sign. Oh, are, yeah? Aren't you an earth sign? Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say, like, earth signs especially, like, we, we need to be in touch with our element. Like, we need to be outside. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely keep encouraging people. Okay. Um, yeah. And so needed to to check myself just in case. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, vitamin D is essential. It plays a role in our immunity. And so, um, there's so many distinct differences, you know, between, uh, a melanated person versus a non-melanated person and their interaction with the sun. You know, we talked about earlier, we talk about our culture and our nature being, two sides to the same coin, mm-hmm. I, I was realizing this in 2020. I was like, wow. Um, here you have two types of people on this planet, essentially. You know, one is trying to block out the sun, and the other one is, you know, made to bask in it all right, its glory. Right, <laughs> Except that one time I was in Mexico and got very, very sunburned. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, other than that, mm-hmm. I, I can be in the sun all day. Yeah. But Mexico sun does not like my skin as much as South Carolina sun. Oh, Yeah. I was very, like, I had, my whole forehead was, was peeling. It was mm-hmm. like, just my forehead got burnt and like the tops of my cheeks. But Yeah. And so even that, like, there's, there's a whole, you know, stipulation behind like, okay, we're melanated, we're for the sun or no, we still need to wear sunscreen. Right. And so the reality, the greater, the deeper aspect to it is that if you look at the people who, you know, are melanated and they do get sunburned. Look at their diet. Mm-hmm. And and I was definitely drinking heavily on the boat in Mexico. Yeah. So, you know, the sun is going to burn away, you know what I'm saying, the toxins. And that's what the sunburn is. And right. so, you know, for people who do get sunburned, who are melanated, it's all it is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Clean up your diet and then go to the and then sun. And you won't get sunburned. Yeah. Do an experiment Noted. on yourself. Noted. Do an experiment on yourself where you're eating dairy, you know, alcohol, sugar for the first Five weeks of the summer, go get out in the sun, see what the sun do to I don't, you. I don't want that experiment. I'm going to just learn from what you said to begin with. I don't need to test okay, the Okay, okay. So th- this is for others, though, because like. They should just go the other way, too. Just clean up your diet and don't get sunburned. I wish it was that simple for everybody, but some people got to be uh, made out of, yeah. you know, so yeah. um, because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of commercials where, you know, there's these uh these indigenous black women promoting sunscreen mm-hmm. is like what in the world, but right. You know, but I mean, commercialism, them. like that's, that's the yeah. way of, uh, I want to say it's the way of the world, but it's especially the way of the U S. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so they gotta but, make their money. Right. Right. And so, but just to the point about like, you know, people are totally convinced that they need sunscreen. I'm like, okay, just do this little experiment. First five weeks cut out, Milk, cut out eggs, cut out sugary drinks and alcohol for five weeks mm-hmm. and see how your skin does in the last five weeks of summer. You know, and make the comparison and see if you actually really need sunscreen. Interesting. 
interesting. And I actually have a friend. I'll I'll have to make sure she listens to this episode. And she's she's one of my like I call it like a super friend because she's mm-hmm. very she's also Taurus, mm-hmm. um, okay. but she's very diligent and making sure she's at the gym all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also very she's a very clean eater, um, but she's allergic to sunscreen. Mm-hmm. She is allergic to sunscreen. Um, Imagine that. Right. So I I find that interesting, but you know she otherwise has a clean diet and and does well for herself with that. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like connecting dots in my head for that too now. So, um, but then moving forward, one of the other things we discussed that I was like, I've got to have you on here to talk about this at some point is I, I discuss a lot of different, I call them all different maps. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been introduced, especially in this world, I've been introduced to everything from obviously astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know, I know my, my right, I know all my, my houses, my rising, my sign. All of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I talk on here about human design. I talk on here about there's something else that I kind of mentioned to you called chi men. Mm-hmm. And that's like Chinese metaphysics. Um, but then when I was introduced to you, I was told you did something called cosmology. And I was like, what is this now? Like, yeah. <laughs> And I feel like, you know, again, because of that whole with my my role model hermit thing, learn mm-hmm. the things and share the things. Right. right. Um, so, right. So I feel like look at me being ghetto. Right. Right. Um, I feel like part of, you know, part of what I'm here to do is also just share, you know, like, here's another map, everybody, like, look into this, because mm-hmm. maybe you'll resonate with this more, because, right. again, not all of the maps, everybody's going to understand. Right, right. I know if I were to look at other than MapQuest, you know, back in the, well, you didn't use MapQuest. I remember printing them out. for some Okay, all right, okay, all right. So, yeah, like, other than, you know, the MapQuest directions, all these maps are different mm-hmm. um, for different eyes. Right. So what, what is cosmology? Yeah, so cosmology is the science of our ancestors native to the Americas. And cosmology, uh, simply put, cosmology is the study of celestial bodies and their influences on one another and organisms, you know, on um, on this planet, the influence of organisms on this planet. And so specifically... Our perspective and my perspective of cosmology deals with the correspondence between consciousness, magnetism, and psychological behavior. And so if you're familiar with the various states of consciousness being that, like you and I right now, we're operating on the beta consciousness level. Mm -hmm. And that's somewhere between 12 to 15 cycles per second, right? We're active, engaged. The next level is alpha, and then theta, delta, and then zero cycles per second. Mm-hmm. And so what this describes is the um, the electrical current or the cycles per second of consciousness that exist, you know, as a frequency in your brain pattern. And so... Um, as it relates to cosmology, the original study of cosmology gave birth to all of these other uh, systems like mm-hmm. astrology. Um, astrology is a Greco-Romanized version of cosmology. Gotcha. Um, on top of that, it's actually like 28 degrees off, but we'll save that detail yeah. Yeah, for yeah, another yeah. one. That's another time. Um, and so this system of cosmology 
that our ancestors native to the Americas who are misnomered as the Olmec or the Mayan, Mm -hmm. both of those names are names that were given to them, much like black and Negro and African-American. And Brandon. And Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that was my mom. My mom wasn't a colonizer. She did. (laughs) But so the point is that um, our people, our ancestors, who did they call themselves? They called themselves the she. And the word she is is a um, is a word for people of the tree. Shiana, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just you I had there. a moment. You're I had already a moment. there. I had a moment. It's okay. Have your moments. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, the original study was based on a point in time when the magnetic field around Earth was stronger than what it is now. So right now, Earth's magnetic field is on a level of what is known as the Schumann resonance. Mm-hmm. You've heard of that before? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So there was a point in time when the magnetic field of Earth was at 13 cycles per second. And at that point in time, the entire planet was subtropical, freshwater only. And I think this is when the plates were together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so during that time, um, the Xi people had created this calendar system um, that we refer to as cosmology, that um, not only was a system used for, you know, for dating, but it was also a system used for understanding psychological profiles based on the 13 correspondences, right? That number 13 is very, mm-hmm. very significant, Always. right? Always. And, it's all, and, it's, and it's in front of us in so many different places. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like, in Christianity, how there's 12 disciples and mm-hmm. Jesus is the, mm-hmm. you know, the 13th in the picture. So 13 and seven. Exactly. Always. So, um, so cosmology, um, like I said, that that's the foundation of it. Um, and not only is the system used originally created for uh, a calendar, but it's also used as a system of divination and being able to look at the manifestation of energy at any given point in time, whether it be past, future, or present. Gotcha. And so this system of cosmology is um, is very simple, actually. I, you know, my background experience with um, astrology was very limited. Like, I tried it back in, like, 2017, 2018, but it wasn't until my studies in uh, as a naturopathic doctor that it became integrated because those aspects correspond to different aspects of health. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have a friend in herbalism school right now. So she shared, you know, some of the information mm-hmm. with me, very similar, like learning about the herbs and the energetics of the herbs mm-hmm. around the planets and around the, the different things that are happening with the planets, you know, cycles and what's going on, you know, like when Mercury's in retrograde, what herbs to have around that time and mm-hmm. whatever other the plant, whatever other planets are doing their thing, yeah. the herbs to have around the time for those two. Yeah. So another more specific example is like how there's the 12 zodiacs, which is also a misnomer. Um, the better or proper term would be polarities, mm-hmm. right? Because the zodiacs are representative of 360 degrees and 12 different sectionals of 30 degrees. And so there's a correspondence between zodiacs, the 12 zodiacs or 12 polarities, and there's 12 main body systems, mm-hmm. or 12 main systems. Like the meridians? 
the is that Meridian, similar? That's one of the systems. Oh, okay. The Meridian system is the um, what, what is known as the eleventh um, polarity. Okay. So, um, but back to the cosmology. I don't, I'll, I'll yeah, deviate. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all interconnected, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, so cosmology, like I said, is um, a psychological study of ourselves and a system used to, you know, study others. And so one, the first value that I was introduced to having this knowledge um, was in terms of birth planning, you know, so um, there's a a book that one of our, uh, or that our chief of the tribe wrote, it's called Immaculate Conception. And so one of the things that- There's a restaurant here, by the way. Oh, really? Or it's Immaculate Consumption. Oh, but, okay. Ooh, that's yeah. a nice plan right there. Yeah. So he, he was emphasizing a couple of years ago, and you know, he wrote this book called Immaculate Conception. And one thing that he always advocates, and I advocated as well, is about you know us planning the birth of our children and knowing the psychology of the children that we're giving birth to. or And so now being that much intentional with, okay, what type of family are we building here? You know, Are we a family that, that's going to get into medicine or law or, mm-hmm. you know, um, insurance Mm -hmm. but you know when you know the psychology of the child that you're going to give birth to or what type of child that you want to give birth to that fits into the family mission you know this is reverse engineering to creating our community well because i've said you know like i don't want to i don't want to make a scorpio baby Mm -hmm. personal preference there yeah similar similar mindset already right exactly and so in terms of cosmology it's a tool to you know um for you to become more uh, self-aware. It's a tool of self-awareness. Okay. And so ultimately, um, like I said, there's 13 aspects like in a reading that you'll get. And this reading is based on the 52 deck of cards, which is what like the just system playing cards. Yeah, just playing mm-hmm. cards. So that's what the system, the 52 deck of cards originates from this system. And so each card represents basically a dysfunctional manifestation of the energy or a functional manifestation of the energy. Okay. And so um, 13 different aspects going from Mercury, which deals with how you think, brain, and communicate. Communication. Mm-hmm. Things from commerce to Venus, which commonly is like love, marriage, mm-hmm. um, beauty. But I describe the Venus aspect as like how you engage with the inner child of others. Mm-hmm. And just in my own self-studies here and just mm-hmm. noticing um, and then comes Mars, which is your aggression, mm-hmm. your passions, and, you know, what you take action on. Um, and then Jupiter is, in the system here, is like expansion for growth, me. expansion, and luck. And, um, and then after Jupiter comes Saturn, which is structure and organization. Very familiar with Saturn. Um, you are. That's Capricorn. Your, yeah. you're, ruled, you're ruled by Saturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got a, well, now that I, my 28 degrees off Zodiac information um, but yeah, I got a Capricorn stellium, so I'm very, I'm very Saturnian. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So after Saturn comes Uranus, right? Uranus deals with, um, things, all of the things suddenly, um, groups and, uh, like quick changing or you know, things very quickly. And then the final, um, or the last two planets are Neptune and Neptune deals with imagination creativity and, and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Pluto, but the first seven aspects of your reading and just when it comes to reading like your psychology or somebody else's, or if you're reading your energy on a week to week basis or on a 52 day period or on a seven year cycle, 
it's always going to be in that seven increment pattern. And so it goes beyond, you know, the Mercury through Pluto into like, you know, some other aspects. But so the cosmology that we do and the, the reading that the readings that we perform are having a look at your psychological aspects and bring you into self-awareness of your functional side and your dysfunctional side. Gotcha. And so now you're, you know, you're able to realize your behavior and if you're operating in the dysfunction or the functional, because the thing about energy is that it's expressed as a polarity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the one common thing between this system and astrology is that, you know, how there's a main three in astrology, mm-hmm. which is your sun, moon, and your rising. What, what are yours? Um, I'm Capricorn sun, Leo moon, and Cancer rising. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I know someone who has a Leo moon. Mm-hmm. Um, That's very, like that very inner child, Leo. playful energy. Mm-hmm. And I think I really feel like the Leo moon is what helps me with this mm-hmm. for sure. Cause really? that's, yeah, that's big, big creative energy from the yeah. heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so my three are, um, I'm a Taurus sun and moon mm-hmm. and my, my rising is Leo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I always say you can tell people that have Leo in their three in their top three by their hair, by oh. their mane. Mm-hmm. It's always there's something different about their hair. Oh yeah. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, a friend just sent me um, a video, and he was definitely highlighting that part mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So um, in this system of cosmology, um, there's three main cards. The first card is your sun card. That's the card that's based on your birth date, and the second card is what we call the uh, Planetary ruler. Now, what would you guess that to be? For mine? In general, what that card is. Oh, the moon. Not the moon. Your planetary ruler. What do you think that card is? Like in the deck of cards? No, just in general. Oh, I don't know. So the planetary ruler is basically the the planet that you're ruled by. Oh, okay. So, yeah, mine would be Saturn. It would be Saturn. Yeah, so for me... Uh, my Taurus or second polarity, the planet that I'm ruled by is Venus. Right. So, um, and you remember there's a Mercury card position, a Venus card position, all the way to the Saturn. So you would go to that Saturn card position to find, you know, the card for that, um, for that uh, area. Gotcha. And then the third card is what is called the, um, the key card or the master card. And so the difference between the planetary ruler and the key card is that the planetary ruler is how you use your sun card psychology. Gotcha. It's like how you use it in this world. Right. And then your key card is like what you must master to ignite both of the two. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's in how I'm translating it in my mind because of my understanding of astrology things is like my sun sign is how I appear to others, but my rising sign is how others see me and how right. like I move about. Mm-hmm. So like me being a cancer rising, I'm very much a nurturer. Mm-hmm. So I, some of it's mom vibes, right. you know, but it's also very much, I say like, because of the polarity of my cancer and Capricorn, because mm-hmm. of that, I'm like, I'm, I'm a compassionate asshole. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it makes sense that it's, you know, I have both in the, in the mix and right. I got some fire there to mm-hmm. like, Make sure I'm not just stuck in the mud all the time. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I resonate with that too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
but so yeah, so that's just like a snippet of um, you know what cosmology is. And you're right, I do do these uh, readings, and my brand um, of the reading is called Key to Self. And so and it's spelled differently. Yes. And it's it, not S-E-L-F. It's C-E-L-L-P-H. So we all start from uh, one single cell coagulating um, in blood with an egg. And so in terms of, you know, just how our entire body works, you know, every single cell in our body has a magnetic field around it. Mm-hmm. And cells make up tissues and tissues make up organs and organs and make up systems. And bones connected to the hip bone. And, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so this is what we mean by self, you know, and that's why I emphasize CEF. So, you know, if you're interested or, you know, you may have some um, of your followers here interested in Absolutely. having a, a reading done, you can book that on our website. I'll put it in my show notes and everything so that they have access to it. And the name of the surface of the service is called, um, the name of the surface, I'm sorry, the name of the service okay. <laughs> is called Key to Self, okay. Key to Self Reading. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in that reading, like I said, we go over your 13 aspects and the support cards um, just for your sun card. Okay. And But we reveal the other two cards, but that that's something that you can go and apply, you know, and learn yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because... I think the best way to learn this system for it to be relevant and actually for you to get the full benefit of it is for you to do a self-study. Mm-hmm. And so. Isn't that the same for like all of this information? Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's talk about like why this um, this map is uh, not only beneficial, but, you know, why do we need to get back in touch with the science of our heritage? Mm-hmm. So the science of our heritage, as I mentioned earlier, um, is the science of our ancestors and you know, prior to, you know, things shifting dramatically, like our communities were so much further on point, you know, everybody was on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I love here about, um, one thing that I love here about even the system itself, like the plates that we read from, um, the arrangement of the cards were based on two different points in time. So there's an arrangement of the cards that was based on when the magnetic field was at 13 cycles per second. And then that's known as the cosmic spread. Mm-hmm. And in key to self, we call that the higher self. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other spread that is called the life spread or the mundane spread. And that arrangement of cards is based on after the magnetic field dropped. And so the arrangement of cards is shuffled to a whole different energy. Mm-hmm. And so um, so it, it's just beautiful, though, that, like, you can see, okay, how you your energy manifests on the world, on the worldly, but then also what your higher self, um, psychology of your higher self is. And as that relates to us getting back in purpose, there's a very fundamental aspect to the original divine order. Excuse me. And at the crown line of the cosmic spread, there's a king of spade, a queen of spade, and a jack of spade. And that right there is, you know, symbolic of just the natural order of the family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of principles there, you know, that are being attacked and dis- destroyed and um, perverted away from 
in this you know society that we're in now. But so when we talk about getting to the science of our heritage, you know, we're getting back into divine order, right? You know, um, and restoring divine order. So this system here, if people are bringing this system and this reading to you with that perspective in mind, then you definitely should, you know, tap in with them. Because what I realize is that uh, there's a couple of people out here using this system, but they're not connecting our heritage, our, our cultural identity and heritage to it. They're not bringing people to that connection. Gotcha. And so it's definitely fundamental to have. So, okay, this is me. This is me being me. Um, are white people allowed to get this reading? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. For, it's for everybody. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's like it's just for, um, you know, so-called okay. black people, but yeah. This is the ori- sure. Yeah, this is the original system. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they can still benefit. Yeah. And then so the so once you understand yourself, um, so there's a uh, expression on key to self, and it says that the universe is an algorithm that can be intelligently observed and calculated, therefore foretold and prophesied. So now you can understand the divination behind this system, right? And so now, you know, it goes, it having this system in our, back into our hands, allows us to become more responsible for the realities that we're creating. Mm-hmm. In fact, it enables us to become co-creators. Right. Even the more. Right. Right. And so now we can strategically plan you know, based on this information that we have, right, about ourselves, and based, you know, recognizing the potentials of energies that we're going to have at certain different times of the year, mm-hmm. and um, which is another reason why I'm here at this point in time with mm-hmm. you, right? Because you looked at your your own cards and you were like, oh, this this week looks most ideal. Yeah. Like, and oh, you looked at you found that out with looking at some some playing cards. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And so um, for me, um, just a little snippet here. I am in my so, okay, so take a step back. We all go through seven 52-day periods in a year. Okay. Seven times 52 is 364, right? And so um, the point is I'm in my Jupiter phase right now, mm-hmm. and my Jupiter phase is a ten- Ideal for this discussion because expansion. Y- right, right. <laughs> and then on top of that, my Jup- the, the card for my 52-day Jupiter phase that I'm directly under the influence of, and which is also the theme for my year, is a ten of club. And so the ten of club card is known as the teacher's card. Mm-hmm. Um, demonstrate success in the public with demonstration of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So early this year when, you know, I seen I was going from plate 25 to plate 26, and I'm looking at my year, I'm like, Dang, I got it's ten of club in my Jupiter. I gotta get the ghetto up this year. Like <laughs> I it's gotta, gotta get be started. The, yeah, mm-hmm. it, this is this has gotta be the year that we get the ghetto going. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you stepped out the box to give it a whirl. Yeah. Finally. It was, it, it was now and never. Like. Yeah. 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 I am curious to see because like I said to you before this interview today, like I already know I'm here to teach. Like that's mm-hmm. a part of my so I'm sure I got some ten of clubs things happening. Yeah in the mix. Um, right. so yeah, I am definitely curious to learn more, to see what, to see what the cards hold for me. Yeah. What cards you got to play with in life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, thank you for, for joining me today. Yes. Very excited. 
It has been a pleasure um, and an honor to be here. Likewise. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome. And like I said, I'll include in the show notes all your information so people can get in get in touch with you. Um, but after today, what what do you see moving forward for for yourself and for ghetto? Uh, so after today, you know, actually this weekend we have uh, a community engagement um, at a church in the upstate. And so I am, it's our plan to be doing uh, online workshops and then, you know, connecting with the community, okay. getting contact information to, you know, tell them about our upcoming events and the things that we're going to have in person later on this year. Gotcha. So that's pretty much uh, a summary of, you know, what, how we're going to be moving forward with the ghetto and, um, you know, and engaging the community with the ghetto. Well, thank you again. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on Shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H. 